Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Practical Faith, presented by Pastor Alan Moss on August 27th, 2017. Dive right in and kind of go from there together. So if you open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it's kind of long. Uh, so we're going to start with verse 23, uh, and then just kind of follow along, and then we'll kind of go from there. Verse 23, starting with that, says this. It says, All things are lawful for me, but all not, not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in meat market, asking no questions for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no questions for conscience' sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken for the food for which I gave thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that may be saved. And then chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So that's where we're going to start. You know, that's that's uh, you know, as I was preparing, our message is a house of honor, and as you can see, in a few minutes we're going to partake in communion, which is a form of honor. You know, we honor God when we do that. So I started thinking about a house of honor. What makes this church a house of honor? You know, so I started writing down some stuff, and I said, okay, well, you know, what really makes it? Is it, is it just the building? Is that what makes it, make it a house of honor? You know, is it the nice sign that we have out there that says church, so real church? Does the word church make this a house of honor? Is it, is it the fancy lights, the, the, the nice chairs, the nice carpet? You know, the nice, the, the screens, the music, you know, is it, is it all that that make it a house of honor? And I kept thinking about that and I kept thinking, and then I, I start, started saying to myself, well, I don't know if that does or not. No, because I started saying, well, if I put on, and nobody laughed, but if I put on a football uniform, you know, pads, everything, does that make me a football player? Yeah, you can say no real loud, Jeff. You're shaking your head. No way. <laughs> I look the part. I might, well, I might not look the part. But, you know, you, you're dressed just like that. You, if I picked up that guitar, does that make me a guitarist? You know, so I start thinking, does that really make this a house of honor? You know, and as I read this, you know, because I was having a hard time reading this right here, trying to figure out where honor is involved in here. You know, and really what I come to think about is it kind of teaches us 
traits of honor. And that's when it kind of hit me. That no matter what I look like or what I dress like, that doesn't make me that. It's what I do. For a church to be a house of honor, it might look good, might sound good. The name might roll off your tongue. We might sing great. But it's what we do that makes this a house of honor. It's us that makes it a house of honor. Because believe it or not, when we leave this building and we get our own building, this building's still going to be here, isn't it? Who knows what could be put in here? Does that still make keep it the house of honor? What if they put a gentleman's club in here? Well, I'm just saying. What if they do? If the building didn't change, did it? But see, it's us. Believe it or not, we make this a church. And we make it a house of honor, or we make it a house of dishonor. It's us. How we do it. What we do. So what are some of the traits that we can make this and make ourselves a house of honor? Because remember, the church doesn't start with a building. It starts with this body. It starts with you. You are the church. A building is an extension. But we are the church. So if we want this building to be considered a house of honor, it's up to us to be a house of honor. So what do we do? Well, let's go back and let's read. The first one we've got to do, believe it or not, is we have to honor each other. See, if you read verse 23, it says right there in 24, it says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. And verse 24 is the key. It says, Let no one seek his own, but others' well-being. Each other's well-being. See, we have to honor each other. That's first. We have to honor each other. How do we do that sometimes? How do we honor each other? Well, Paul says right here, put them first. Always put someone else's well-being first. That's the key. You know, we can, we can kind of say, well, I don't know if I want to honor someone or not. You know, I was talking to Carrie this morning about honor. And she honored me with her right hand right to my lip. That's why I've got to... I'm just teasing. <laughs> but we talked about when we got married. Our marriage vows has honor. I will honor her. She will honor me. Now, I honored her by letting her marry me. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, sure it is. Sure it is. She, she hit the jackpot. <laughs> but you know, I, I thought about that. In, in a marriage ceremony, that's what you're really committing to do. Honor that person by giving yourself to that person completely and by putting yourself below them. Not above them, but below them. You know, once again, Paul says, let no one seek his own but each one the other's well-being. 
See, that's, that's really telling you again, put yourself below that person because that shows you honor them. Not trying to be above them. Not trying to be their, their boss or whatever. But being below them. Serving them. You know, and, and, and Jesus gave us some great examples. You know, in John 13, 5, he gave us one of the greatest examples of serving and honoring somebody. Listen to this. At the Last Supper, he did this. After he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel in which he was girded with. Now, picture that for a moment. This is the Last Supper. Jesus knows what's coming. He knows in a few hours he's going to be ripped away from his disciples. He knows this. This is his last meal with them. This is the last time he's going to get to enjoy their company. Just to talk. Just to watch them laugh. Watch them smile. And they've been on the road. But yet what does he do? Knowing, okay, this is it for me. This is my last supper. So I think I'm going to let them wait on me hand and foot. Is that what he did? What does he do? He takes a towel, wraps it around his waist, takes a a basin of water, walks to their feet, gets on his hands and knees, and starts cleaning all the crud off of their feet with his hands. Now that's our Lord. That's God's Son. Where is he in the picture? Is he above them? He's below them. He is honoring them by serving them, by putting his his own needs below their needs. We know what's going to happen. He knew what's going to happen. So can you imagine putting yourself in that point? You know what's going to happen to you in just a few hours, but yet what do you do? You put your needs aside, say their feet need to be cleaned so we can eat. So I'm going to wash their feet. I'm going to lower myself and clean their feet. I'm going to honor them in what I'm doing. I'm going to serve them. And that's what he did. That's the first step we've got to learn about honor. Is Honor is our actions. We can say the part real well, but it's our actions. It's putting yourself below. When have we done that lately? I'm horrible at it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not great at it. But that's the first step of honor, is doing that. That's what Christ did for us he gave us the example how to honor someone do the worst thing for them do something you normally shouldn't do or wouldn't do and do it no matter what's going to happen you do that you honor them by taking the time out of your time and doing something that you feel is possibly beneath you but that's what he did you know and that's awesome That is so awesome that he did this. 
another time. You know, if, if we go back to Corinthians, it says here, in verse 27, it says, If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner, and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you. So you know what he's also saying? He's saying this. Don't just honor the people you feel are, are equal with you. Don't just honor the ones that are saved. Should we as a church only honor Christians? Should we, Floyd? We shouldn't. See, Paul says right there, if someone that's not saved invites you to dinner, go. If you want to go, go. Enjoy the time. Did Jesus ever do that? John, you're shaking your head. You know. Jesus accepted dinner invitations all the time from sinners. He honored them by his presence. By saying, I'm not above you. I will come and eat with you. There's, there's one in particular. If you, if you go to Luke chapter 19, verses 5 through 7, this is my favorite story. Z Sammy wanted me to say it's Floyd's story. She did? No, I asked her. No. How many, you know, I work with kids. So how many have ever heard the song Zacchaeus? Yeah, we little men. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, but, but guys, Zacchaeus, to, to let you know who he was, he was not saved. He was a pretty mean tax collector. Ruthless, not caring, crooked, a thief, mean. Probably put a lot of people out on the streets because they couldn't pay their taxes. They took their possessions. So he wasn't a nice guy. But yet here Jesus is coming into town, you know, and as the song says, Zacchaeus wanted to see who he was. So he climbed up a tree so he could see Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He stopped. And when Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was up in the tree, he looked up and he saw him and he called him by name. So he knew exactly who he was. And he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I'm staying at your house. I'm going to come to your house and we're going to have dinner and we're going to talk and I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay at your house. Now Zacchaeus was excited. He was like, wow. But you know what? A lot of the Christians at the time, the religious leaders, were they excited? What they do, Jason? That they say, oh, that's great. He stayed at Zacchaeus' house. They ripped him, didn't they? They ridiculed him. They said, why is Jesus honoring this guy by staying at his house? He's not saved. He's a sinner. Why is he going there? Because once again, Jesus was honoring him. Jesus was teaching us how to honor somebody. Now, we just don't pick and choose who we want to honor. It's everyone. Whether they're saved, whether they're not saved, whether they're a Texas fan. You guys know I'm an Oklahoma guy. But it's everybody. We have to honor everybody, no matter where they are. No matter where they are spiritually, this is our example right here. 
You go and you honor him. Because when you honor him, you honor me. And when it's all said and done, don't we want to honor God? Don't we want to honor Christ? Why are we not following his example? Why sometimes do we pick, oh no, this is my little circle and I'm not stepping out of it. I'm not going to go into the world because the world's bad. I'm not going to go to a sinner because sinners, are, they don't know God. How are they supposed to know God if we won't take that step? If we won't honor them enough to even tell them about God, how are they supposed to be saved? Jesus right here says this is how you honor someone. And it doesn't matter what their stature is. It doesn't matter what they are. You honor them. And that's what Paul said here too. Somebody invites you to dinner and you want to go? Go. Honor them. Don't worry about what someone else says. You know, number two is, you know, we sometimes forget what God really has given us. We have to honor everything that God gives us. You know, in, in 28 through 31, it says this, But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake. For the earth, and this is, is, he's quoting Psalms right here, by the way. For the earth is the Lord's and its fullness, which means everything in this earth is whose? It's God's. God gave us to this. Not some other false idol. God. God gave us everything in this earth is the Lord's. And we need to remember that. And it says, Conscience I say not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil? And in verse 31 it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all in the glory of God. Give thanks to everything you have. Whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, whether it's good, whether it's bad, that's hard to do. It's easy to give him praise when good things happen, doesn't it? But man, how fast we turn when something bad comes our way. Half the time we're blaming him for something bad coming our way. Should we? I don't know. I'm guilty of it. In Matthew 26, verse 27, you know, it says right there, and this, once again, let's go back to the Last Supper. But it says, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of mine. He gave thanks knowing Once again, we have to remember what's going on here. He gave thanks knowing this is my blood that's fixing to be shed. But God, thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to go through this. Another part where he gave thanks. If you go, you don't have to go. I think it'll be up. But Matthew 26, 39. Jesus was in the garden. And he was praying. You know, and he says this. He says, 
he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He's honoring God by taking what God's getting ready to give him, which we know wasn't nice. We know it was hard. We know it was tough. We know his body was fixing to be broken. He was going to be mocked and whipped and spit on and beaten to a pulp. Nails driven through his hands and feet. But what does he do? At the Last Supper with his disciples, he honors his father by giving him thanks. This is my blood. Thank you for letting me shed it. And then at the garden in prayer, he says, you know what? Your will be done, Father, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. See, sometimes we forget that that's a part of honor. It's thanking God for the tough times. That's a bigger honor than thanking Him when everything's just hunky-dory. Oh, my life's peaches and cream right now. Thanks, God. But the minute something bad happens, you know, it's, oh, where are you? What, what's more honor? Giving him the honor when times are tough? Knowing he's not going to desert you? Or giving him the honor when everything's just fine? I'm bad at it. When I first got saved, I thought, you know what? I'm saved now, so my life ought to be just nice and smooth. But you know what? I've read this Bible a couple times, and I've yet to find out where it says that once you give your life to God, you're like the only grasshopper in a cornfield. You're just fat and sassy. I can't find it. It doesn't say anything about how, how, how easy your life's going to be. But yet we don't honor him for our tough times. And that's really when we should be honoring him. Because he gives us tough times so we look to him. Not look to him in question, but look to him for strength. That's when we honor him. It's the tough times that we walk through that show him honor. Look at Job. I don't think anybody's had it as tough as Job. But he never stopped honoring God. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to understand, like, like David said in Psalms, everything is God's. He gives it to us. It's His. If He gives it to us, He gives it to us. Good or bad. We have to remember that. We want to become a house of honor. Try honoring him when times are tough. Try not turning your back on him. That's honor. That's becoming a house of honor. Right there. Knowing that. And he'll give you strength. He's already said, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm never going to leave you. I'm not going to just, just turn my back on you. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to carry you through those tough times if you ask me to. It's us that turn our back on him. I know I'm as guilty, if not guiltier, than everybody in here. 
But I've learned through hard times, they're going to come no matter what. I can't stop them. You know, there's no saying sometimes you have to just grin and bear it. You know? Well, sometimes I think that's what God really wants us to do. Just grin and bear it. And honor Him through it. And He'll stay right there with you. And He will carry you through it. See, that's why we give honor when we take communion. God didn't turn away. Did Jesus turn away from that tough time? He could have. He could have easily, at any time, said, you know what, no, enough's enough. I'm done. Father, just take me away because I'm done. These people don't care. They, they're, they're ridiculous. They're not worth it. I don't want to go through this. Just get me out of here. He could have done that any time, yet he didn't. Even on the cross, he didn't do it. When people were challenging him, hey, psst, son of God, won't you hop down off that cross? Won't you show us a little bit of your power? That wouldn't have honored God. And it wouldn't have honored us. So he had to go through that. Last thing I want to talk about is honoring with a loving heart. See, we, could, we can say that we honor someone, but if we're doing it for our own good, we're really not honoring that person. We have to do it with a loving heart. You know, in, verse, in chapter 11, it says, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. That's a pretty hard challenge from Paul. See, we, we can try to imitate Christ, but we can't be sinless, can we? We all have sin in our lives, and we're all going to sin. We're going to sin tomorrow, and we're going to sin on Tuesday. We're going to sin. So we can't totally be as perfect as Jesus. But we can try. And that's all he wants us to do. And he wants us to do it with a loving heart. When I took Carrie as my wife, and I promised to honor her, it was for one reason, one reason only because I loved her. See, that's where it starts. That's where honor starts, is love. We have to do it with a loving heart because we truly want to honor that person or honor God. That's it. No falseness, no fake, no nothing. Just a loving heart. Jesus gave us the best example of pure love once again on the cross if you turn and look at Luke chapter 23 verse 34 it says this on the cross after he'd been mocked after he'd been spit on after he'd been beaten after the nails went through his hands and feet after all of that, after people challenging him to get himself off the cross, throwing stuff at him, just everything you could think of bad, what did Jesus do with one of his last breaths? He said, Father, 
forgive them for they do not know what they do. That's honor. And that's love. That's just pure love. That's how you honor something, is with love. You don't honor something out of hate. You don't honor something because you have to. You honor something because you love to. Because you love Him. And if we can sit here and we can say, Oh, I love God and I love Christ then why can't we honor each other? Why can't we love each other unconditionally? Why can't we put ourselves below someone? Jesus gives us the examples. Through the hardest times of his life, he gave us the examples. But that one... Wow. Would you do that on your deathbed? Would you do that? I don't think I could. I hope I could, but I don't know if I could. But he's taking that right there, and he's saying, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. I still want to honor them. I still want to go through this. And after he said that, you know what happened? The hardest thing in Jesus' life came next. God had to turn his back on his son. He was alone. The first time in Jesus' life, he was without his father. And he was taking every bit of sin on him at that time. Not just the sin of the Old Testament, not just the sin of the New Testament, he was taking my sin. He was taking your sin. He was taking the sin of my grandkids, of their grandkids. However long this this world lasts before he comes back, he was taking their sin at that one time and we can't comprehend that but that's what he was doing he was taking it all just to honor us that's it just to honor us that's honor that's what we have to do We want to create a house of honor. Doesn't matter what this church building looks like. Doesn't matter how good you sing. It starts in here. It's our actions towards each other and towards our Heavenly Father that creates honor. And that's what creates a house of honor. In a few minutes, Jeff's going to come up and we're going to take communion. I'm going to challenge you. Before you come up and do that, I want you guys just to, while he plays, you guys go in prayer, and I'll pray in a minute. But you need to ask yourself, 
is my heart right to do this? Where do I need to be? Before I honor Him, should I honor Him by just accepting Him as my personal Savior? That's what He wants. That's why He did all that. He wants a relationship with you. That's how He honored. I'm challenging you right now. Honor Him by first accepting Him as your personal Savior. And then come up and remember what that bread represents and how He gave thanks knowing it was going to be broken. That His body was about to be torn up. He gave thanks. So when we give thanks, we're not just giving thanks, you know, for that. We're giving thanks that He did that just to honor us. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we we just honor you that, that you loved us so much that you gave us your only son. That we know that everything we do we should give thanks for. Everything that comes upon us, we know you're not going to turn your back on us. We ask you to give us the strength not to turn our back on you. We ask that when we take communion today, that our heart is right. That we do it with a loving heart that we take communion because we love you and we want to honor you and what you sacrificed. We ask that you let us remember that the bread that we take symbolizes your body that was broken and beaten for us. We ask as we drink that we understand that that symbolizes your blood. The blood that flowed from the cross and created love. And also created life. For without it, we wouldn't have eternal life. And we thank you for that. And we honor you for that. And we want to do it in remembrance of that time when you honored us. When you placed yourself so far beneath us. When you gave yourself just for us. We also want to give you thanks with our offerings. As we come to do communion, we want to give you our offerings. It's just a way to honor you. Because like the psalmist said, everything is yours. You just give it to us. 
We want to give some back in honoring of you. So we thank you for that. Before we go to communion, Father, I'd like to pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that's never accepted you as a personal Savior, allow us to honor them and help them walk through and get that. Just open their heart. Let let them know your love is for them. No matter what their past is, past is past. It doesn't matter. You tell us that it's it's from one shore to another. It's, It's gone. It's forgotten. All they have to do is accept you as their Savior and that past is over. Because at that time, they'll understand how you honor them. And it's all out of love. But I ask if there is anybody here that doesn't know you, just let them come to the altar. Let them come to me or Floyd or Jason. And we'll pray with them. We'll do communion with them. But I ask that you let people right where they are pray with themselves, pray with their family. Honor each other by praying for each other and then doing communion together as one body. Thank you, Father. We love you. We honor you. Give all of this in your blessed Son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at solrio.com. At Sol Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.